0: Leadership is lacking in Washington and across the nation. Young people are drifting from the principles and values that have shaped America from its founding. Legacies born of big ideas, civil debate, and open dialogue, and American optimism seem to be fading from the public square and the collective memory of the country. Ronald Reagan was the happy warrior and the great communicator. He was a president who challenged citizens to believe in themselves as well as their neighbors. Andrew Coffin, Director of the Reagan Ranch and Vice President of Young America's Foundation, joins us to discuss the return of Reagan-esque leadership, preservation of a legacy, and instilling principles in the rising generation on this episode of Therefore What. Therefore, What? is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore, What? All right, we are very pleased to be joined today by Andrew Coffin from the Reagan Ranch and uh, Young America's Foundation. Andrew, thanks for joining us today.
1: Boyd, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you.
0: Well, you you have one of the uh, the great jobs in America, I always say, really preserving and protecting the Reagan legacy, and and particularly the Reagan Ranch. And and a lot of people think, uh, when they think about Ronald Reagan or a place to go to, they often think of the Presidential Library uh, in Simi Valley, which, of course, has its place. Uh, but you're tasked with something that I think is really the heart and soul of who Ronald Reagan was. So tell our listeners a little bit about the Reagan Ranch and uh, how it came to be and, and what its mission really is
1: the frequency with which people tell me I've got one of the best jobs in the world is a reminder that I need to keep looking over my shoulder. <laughs> 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 it's a job I want to hang on to, but it, it's true. It is one of the best jobs uh, in the world, and so much of that is wrapped up uh, in this special place, Rancho Del Cielo. Ronald Reagan's Western White House and the Reagan's home for for 25 years. You're correct. It's not not the presidential library. Uh, Our presidential library system uh, is an important uh, repository of uh, official documents and an important research institution. Um, But I think one way to understand the difference uh, is the way uh, Attorney General Ed Meese put it. He said, you go to the library to learn about the presidency. You come to the ranch to meet the man. And I, and I think uh, that, that sums it up well. Um, today, uh, Ronald Reagan's ranch home in the mountains northwest of uh, Santa Barbara uh, sits almost exactly as it did when, when he so enjoyed it. Uh, you walk in the front door and uh, his books are on the bookshelves, his clothes are in the closet, the, his saddles and chainsaws are up in the tack barn. It really feels as though he never left. And um, I think there's just something remarkably intimate, something very personal about walking in someone's footsteps, seeing the sorts of books they kept on the bookshelves. How, how they surrounded uh, themselves in their most private moments, uh, learning what they do with their free time, uh, and a visit to the ranch, as uh, Dancy once said, is a window into Ronald Reagan's soul. It really tells you a lot about his character, his it, values. Yeah, it it's that really shares some important
0: lessons. Yeah, it it really does. I I've always said you can you can learn a lot about Ronald Reagan in in books and in other places, uh, but until you've been to the ranch, you really don't understand the man. They were so that the person and the place are so interwoven uh, and so many critical lessons there uh, give, give us just a, a a brief peek uh andrew into you know as things uh, ended as as president reagan wound down and as the family was looking mm-hmm. at what to do with the ranch uh, give us just a quick snapshot there and then i want to get into some of the lessons uh from the
1: ranch sure so Many of your listeners probably remember, um, that 1994 letter that Ronald Reagan wrote to the American people. That handwritten, uh, letter announced they had Alzheimer's disease. A powerful statement in its own right. Uh, you know, we quickly uh, forget that, uh, people were much more, uh, hesitant to talk about Alzheimer's, uh, even back in the early 90s, uh, compared to the way we are today. Um and, uh, at that that stage uh, in 1994, Ronald Reagan was still going to the ranch regularly, but the visits were becoming increasingly difficult, and they reached a point where it became clear he was not going to be able to continue and join the ranch, and they made the difficult decision to to put the property up for sale. There were attempts at the state and federal level, and I won't go into all of that history, but it's important to understand that the ranch truly was in danger of being lost. Um, The Preservation efforts at the state and federal level failed. There were some interested parties who wanted to build build home sites up there, a fair amount of national attention on this saga. And Ron Robinson, the president of Young Americas Foundation, and our board of directors decided to move quickly, that somebody had to act to ensure that this presidential site, um, and really, I can't think of a more uh, important site for conservatives in the country, um, was protected and preserved. So we were able to acquire the ranch directly from the Reagan family. April of 1998 uh, was when um, the sale went through, and uh, since that day we've been using the ranch not only as a place to preserve history uh, as a place that tells stories about uh, Ronald Reagan and the Reagan years but as a place to introduce uh, particularly young people high school and college students to his values his principles his ideals
0: yeah that's such an important uh, part of, of what happens there at the ranch uh, I remember the very first time I I went and we started at the Reagan Ranch Center there in Santa Barbara down d- mm-hmm. down in the valley uh, and I was so struck you know when most most people think about uh, the Reagan years, uh, those that can remember them, uh, usually say, you know, everyone everyone loved Ronald Reagan. The Democrats loved Ronald Reagan. The Republicans loved Ronald Reagan. The media loved Ronald Reagan. Uh, and I was really struck that first time I went there, that the very first thing that you show people uh, as they come into the center is, is about a four and a half minute video of every major political and media pundit that was alive at the time just ripping ronald reagan <laughs> to shreds i mean from george hw bush you know saying it was voodoo economics to right. uh, all of the the nighttime folks you know saying he was radical and dangerous and a threat to world peace tell me why why you started with that it was just so uh it's just such a great lesson
1: yeah we, we- we were really pleased with the way that exhibit uh, turned out. It's called the Reagan Critics, and, and you're, you're right, it's a, a four or five minute film uh, recounting uh, some of the most vicious attacks on the president from left, right, middle, uh, you name it. Um, and uh, I have to tell you, though, uh, when we when we first installed that exhibit, uh, I'm afraid some of our wonderful volunteer docents who clearly love and admire and respect Ronald Reagan at the reason they give so much of their time to the center. Uh, they were shocked and horrified that we would put in <laughs> such an exhibit. But uh, as you're suggesting, I, I think that, that is such a, a critically important part of the story to tell uh, for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, we do quickly forget, we kind of, we have this image of Ronald Reagan today as a as a kindly grandfatherly figure, and certainly that was part of his appeal. Uh, he made Americans feel good about themselves the way a grandfather uh, might. Um, but uh, it is of critical importance that we remember what he was up against and how firmly he stood on the principles that uh, in which he believed that he had spent decades developing, uh, refining uh, before he ran uh, for the presidency in 1980. And so we think it's to, to truly appreciate uh, his courage, his boldness, uh, his fortitude. You have to understand uh, what he was up against, the way he was attacked. There are also, as I'm sure you would uh, relate to, there are eerie uh, eerie echoes of uh, some of the, the the rhetoric we hear today. And um, I, I think that is also a good lesson as young people hear conservative leaders today uh, viciously attacked and these horror stories about what's going to happen if conservative principles are uh, turned into policy. We need to remember that that Ronald Reagan faced the same thing and faced down the same critics.
0: Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Andrew, because it is—it's so easy to get uh, caught in the uh, kind of the, the later years of of the Reagan presidency and and where he was such a, a beloved figure uh, to realize that he. He did have to really stand up and speak out, uh, even against his own party, uh, even against yes. people who uh, he at least thought were the, they're his friends. Uh, but to be able to do that and then to achieve all of the things that he achieved, uh, I, I think, just just speaks volumes there. Um, I, I want to shift a little bit now, Andrew, and, and uh, kind of visually take people up to the ranch. This is not an easy place to get to, uh, so it really is a, a ranch in the sky, as the name suggests. Uh, tell us about some of the people who visited there, and and give us an, an insight into why you think Reagan was so drawn to that space.
1: Sure. Um, well, you mentioned the Reagan Ranch Center earlier, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because that is our schoolhouse for Reaganism in the heart of downtown Santa Barbara, just two blocks from the waterfront, easily accessible and also includes free exhibit galleries. Um, and so that is a place that uh, I encourage anyone interested in the ranch and the mission and work of Young America's Foundation to visit if you're anywhere near the Santa Barbara area. You're correct that the um, the ranch itself is, is far more remote. It's tucked up uh, on a peak in the San Iones uh, Mountains. You take a winding seven-mile mountain road to reach the entrance to the property. Um, it uh, certainly just sort of road that, uh, that, put off Mrs. Reagan the first time they visited the ranch when they were considering buying the place, but, but he instantly fell in love with it, and it became uh, his retreat. Uh, there are so many ways you know, and that we've been able to understand just how important this place was to Ronald Reagan. Uh, one indication is the amount of work he put into it. When he was at the ranch, uh, he wanted to get away from the Washington, D.C. lifestyle. He wanted to not only ride his beloved horses in the mornings, um, but spend the rest of the day clearing brush, chopping wood for the fireplaces, uh, building telephone pole fencing, laying the stone patio in front of the home, retiled the roof himself. Everything about the ranch reflects uh, the president's uh, own hand and what he invested in the property. You also uh, know the significance of the ranch, um, as you suggested, by who he invited there. This was not a place they did a lot of entertaining. It really was a place they guarded closely. They, they wanted a retreat uh, for the two of them to enjoy each other each other, where the president could uh, think, reflect, pray, uh, go back to Washington, recharge. But they did invite Mikhail and Reza Gorbachev, George and Barbara Bush, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, Margaret Thatcher, Brian Mulroney, the Prime Minister of Canada, to visit them there at the ranch. And and I I think Ronald Reagan, um, there was something about him and his connection to that property that he thought they would better understand if they visited him at the ranch uh, certainly, it was an eye-opening experience for somebody like Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, who, though he espoused the principles of communism, lived as other as every other Soviet leader did, with uh, access to the uh, retreats, the dachas, and the Black Sea that were only available to the Soviet elite. This is not the sort of way that he was accustomed to uh, meeting with uh, an important world leader, but uh, that that was that was who Ronald Reagan was. Yeah, um, but- and uh, of course, he he often talks about the ranch. Uh, and so many of the great letters that have been published uh, in his speeches and addresses, his, his final words to the American people, his farewell address from the Oval Office, Ronald Reagan talks about uh, the bittersweet prospect of leaving Washington, D.C. and the White House behind, but the joy of returning to California, the ranch, and freedom. And those were two concepts that were always linked in his mind. I think it's why he signed the economic recovery tax out there in 1981, uh, because with his economic policy, uh, he was uh, returning the American people's money to the American people. It was all about freedom, and that's the way he looked
0: at the ranch. But one of the, uh, the great visuals to me at the ranch, you, you mentioned this comparison that this was not a, uh, an opulent palace for the, for the rich and famous. Uh, one of my favorite visuals at the ranch is to walk into uh, their bedroom and to see that it was two single beds pushed together together and held together with a zip tie. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Reagan could have had any mattress in the world, <laughs> and yet he, he still did that. What did, what do we learn from that?
1: You know, the, the, the bed is amazing because that is the, the ranch is such a humble place, and uh, it's comfortable, but it's modest. It's only about 1,800 square feet. There's no central air, no um, no heating except for the fireplaces, and uh, it's that bed that, that really sticks with people. Those twin beds were there in the home when they bought it. Uh, it was a working couch. Ranch when the Reagans purchased what was then known as Tip Top Ranch. They renamed it Ranch Del Cielo. And those beds were there. They pushed them together, used plastic zip, t- zip ties and the headboard to keep them from sliding apart. At about 6'1", uh, Ronald Reagan was tall for a twin bed, so it was a, uh, you probably remember a bench at, at the end uh, where his feet might <laughs> hang sweet. over. Uh, and, and, you know, just the, the simplicity, the humility, the fact that as, as you walk from, from their sitting area, their living room, into the bedroom, you're not walking down halls lined with uh, pictures of the president with world leaders uh, or with other movie stars from his Hollywood days. Um, it, it it just it it helps you understand, I think, how and why he was able to connect with the American people the way he was. Yeah. Um. They uh. Th- there was there was a reason that people were so prepared to listen to him and what he had to say.
0: Yeah. There there was an authentic uh an authenticity there that I think is is quite unique in in yeah. leadership but uh, you, you mentioned earlier him him working on the ranch clearing the brush and so on but you also mentioned this fence <laughs> uh which to me I th- I think uh says a lot about just having something to come to uh describe a little bit about how this fence came about and and how it really became kind of his eternal mission to to work on
1: right Well, like most of the projects at the ranch, the president didn't want to start something and then have somebody else finish it in his absence. He would pick up where he left off the next time he was at the ranch. It didn't matter what he was doing, that's the way he handled it. And uh, the fence project is something he started in the mid-1970s, shortly after he purchased the ranch. He wanted to create a little corral uh, next to the home learned that Pacific Bell had some used telephone poles available, made the call himself to uh, make the arrangements to purchase the, the poles and have them delivered to the, delivered to the ranch. And uh, it, uh, he didn't finish uh, the fence project uh, until 1987. He had uh, one section done, and uh, one of his buddies who worked with him up there, Dennis LeBlanc, said that he'd be sitting on the front patio, and he could just tell by the look in the president's eye he'd come up with a new project, a, a new section of fence and he wanted to uh, put in. But it was certainly one of the ways he relaxed. I mean, he was out there with a the chainsaw. He developed the, um, the plan for the fence himself, kind of, kind of an interesting thing. He, the, the poles arrived, and uh, they, they were 45 feet long. And he developed uh, a way of uh, cutting the poles down for the posts and the railings uh, that used all of, the, uh, all of the pole except for three feet. And that, those last three feet uh, of the pole, he used to put in uh, steps leading from the home. Uh, up to the uh, tack barn, which is set up on a, a little hillside uh, just above uh, the Reagan's Adobe. So, uh, you know, again, just indicative of the way he thought about things. Uh, he, he got the polls. He wanted to use every last bit of them.
0: Well, that's uh, <laughs> good frugality and and I think a, a good lesson in terms of just having something to go to, you know, to have a place to go to. Uh, most people don't realize that he, he spent almost a uh, total was almost a full year of his eight years as president actually at the ranch. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, just over 350 days. So one of his eight years in office uh, was spent uh, here at the ranch. It truly was the Western White House.
0: Yeah, that's great. So I, I want to shift to some of the uh, some of the, the principal components uh, and some of the things that you're trying to pass on, especially through the Young, Young America's Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of some of these these important legacy pieces. Uh, but before we leave the, the ranch itself, I, I think there's one other uh, experience and story that I, I think everyone uh, needs to understand, just in terms of president reagan's ability even even as he was winding down and as the disease was progressing that he was still worried about the people around him and uh, you mentioned his his love to go out for the the ride Uh, i know they went through a few secret service folks uh, with broken arms and limbs who who couldn't keep (laughs) up Um, but take us through a little bit of that history and then uh, lead us up to the to the last ride at the ranch
1: Oh, you're asking a lot, boy That's a difficult <laughs> story to tell. Um, but i'll I'll do my best um you're you're right, I mean. There's, there's really nothing except perhaps spending time with Nancy that Ronald Reagan enjoyed uh, more than his horses, more than getting out on the uh, trail. And um, that was a challenge for the Secret Service. You know, the, the Secret Service is pretty accustomed to the official responsibilities of the presidency. What what really uh, creates some uh, unique challenges for them is, is what a president likes to do uh, in his free time. Uh, whether that's downhill skiing or power boating or in the case of Ronald Reagan, uh, horseback riding. So they, they cycled, uh, through some details that really were not well-equipped to keep up with the president. Uh, he was an excellent equestrian, uh, loved riding these rugged, rocky trails in the far reaches of the ranch property, nearly 20 miles of trail snake through the uh, scope of uh, Rancho Del Cielo. And uh, so pretty early in the presidency, um, they uh, assigned a young agent named John Barletta uh, to come out to the ranch and ride with the president. John had a bit more Riding experience and his background and his fellow agents, and after uh, an initial ride that that went just as they would hoped it would, the president was able to do what he wanted to do and wasn't held back by John or the detail. Um, John was told whenever the president so much as thinks about a horse, you're going to be there <laughs> inside. <laughs> yep, and that was that. His his uh, fate was sealed and. Um, You know, John was on the the presidential protective uh, detail. Uh, He was back in the White House. He traveled the world with the president. But their unique relationship was really formed through their hours and hours together on the trails at Rancho Del Cielo in particular. But uh, John rode with uh, the president and Queen Elizabeth at Windsor Castle Mm -hmm. as well and other places uh, like uh, Camp David where the president had opportunities to ride and uh, ended up staying on his detail. Ronald Reagan, detail for 17 years, which is unheard of in the Secret Service. Yeah. Uh, that's not a typical career path. Probably will never be repeated. Um, but John stayed with the president even after the presidency until John retired from the Secret Service in 1997. And uh, then, of course, they'd become so close. John was one of the uh, few people who continued to visit the president at his home in Bel Air uh, all the way up until the end, all the way until the president passed away. Uh, so they, they they really did have a, a unique bond, and a unique relationship. Um, but what what you're referring to is, is John's account of what happened in uh, 1994, that same year that the president wrote uh, his letter announcing that he had Alzheimer's. And as I mentioned earlier, the president was still coming to the ranch regularly, still horseback riding, but that was becoming increasingly difficult uh, to the point where uh, one day at the ranch, one of their morning rides, um, the president was having enough trouble with his horse that John ended up dismounting from his own horse and leading the president's horse in. And, uh, you know, this is something that's terribly embarrassing for John. Their their whole friendship, their whole relationship is, is built around the horseback riding. And he's also worried. He's concerned right. about uh, where they are. And so John talked to Mrs. Reagan when they returned from the ride and said, you know, I don't think I can protect him out there anymore. I think we need to stop riding. And he thought that would be the extent of his responsibility, but uh, Nancy had also become very close to John, Said, John, you're going to have to tell him. I'll take it better coming from you. Uh, Not what John wanted to hear, but uh, um, he wasn't going to say no to Nancy, and so later that afternoon, uh, Mrs. Reagan called up to the Secret Service command post, uh, which is still on the property, and um, said, John, it's time. Why don't you come down to the house? John walks down the gravel drive, knocks on the front door, and there's the president sitting by the fireplace. John sits down in the chair opposite to him and uh, says, you know, Mr. President, and as close as they got, we always called him Mr. President, you know, Mr. President, we're not having fun out there anymore. Uh, John took that approach because he would tell you every morning before their ride, they would stand in the tack barn, look at a map of their ranch, scope out the Plan for the day, the trails the president wanted to take, and the president would always say, John, do the fellas want to take this ride today? Do the fellas want to see this spot? He wanted everybody else to enjoy the ride as much as he did. And so John said, we're not having fun out there anymore. I'm not enjoying it, and I don't think you are either. At this point, of course, John is having a hard time getting the words out. Um, He was tearing up, and he said the president stood up from his chair, walked over to him, put his hand on his shoulder, and said, it's okay, John. I know. And that was it. Uh, they they never rode again and they never talked about it again. And uh, to John, that one moment typified their whole relationship. Here's one of the president's darkest days. Uh, nothing he enjoyed more than horseback riding, yet he's thinking about how difficult this must be on, on John to break that news to him.
0: That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Andrew. I, I think it to me that encapsulates not only the the spirit of the ranch, but the uh, the spirit of the man, the president, uh, and, and so much. Um, Of what he was really all about and and why he connected so well uh with american people across the spectrum uh in in such a powerful way uh in in just our remaining couple of minutes andrew i want to just have you share briefly uh just kind of the the vision of sharing these principles these stories these experiences this great legacy of ronald reagan uh in what you're doing with young people across the country
1: yeah thanks boyd so that that is absolutely uh, essential to understanding why we save the ranch and and how we use it today. The ranch is itself is not open to regular public tours. Part of that is uh, just the logistics of it. Uh, One of the things the president loves so much about the place is that it wasn't easy to get to. He used to say, when you get there, the world is gone. Um, And it's not the sort of place you would have hundreds of thousands of people come through uh, every year and preserve it as we are now. Uh, But it's also a matter of strategy. It's a matter of priorities. We think uh, the most important audience we can reach with the, with the ranch and the lessons it holds are young people during those formative high school and college years. Uh, and that's what uh, we've been doing throughout uh, the history of Young Americans Foundation. We were founded by Bill Buckley uh, in 1960 in Sharon, Connecticut. By 1962, Ronald Reagan had joined our advisory board and was our honorary national chairman uh, later in the 60s. Uh, and that started really four decades' worth of working together to introduce young people to conservative ideas. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, so we don't get involved in elections, campaigns, candidates, but we are unabashedly committed to making sure that at some point during their high school and college years as many young people as possible in the country are introduced to free enterprise, traditional values, a strong national defense, limited government, those core Reagan values that inspired his leadership uh, that were at the heart of the founding of our nation and yet sadly are too often shut out of the classroom experience uh, for most young people. So we accomplished that mission through conferences and seminars across the country, uh, through uh, campus lectures and other campus initiatives, chapters on college and high school campuses all over the country. If you hear about uh, Ben Shapiro, the most uh, popular conservative speaking on campus, or just about anywhere today, uh, speaking on campus, uh, that's thanks to his work with Young America's Foundation students and through the AFS programs, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, Alan West, so many other great conservatives uh, we've sent to campus. So the um, Ranch has become really the essential training ground to accomplish all of that, uh, and it is uh, the one place where uh, most high school students are introduced to the mission and programs of Young America's Foundation. We all know that a high school student today has uh, the world in the palm of their hand with their smartphones uh, to really uh, attract students to uh, a program, you have to offer something unique and experience that can't get anywhere else. And uh, the ranch uh, does that uh, for us. It gives uh, young people who weren't even born during the Reagan years, think about a, a 14 to 18-year-old high school student uh, born 2000 or after yeah. um, uh, attending our programs, they have no first-hand knowledge of the Reagan presidency, and yet they flock to Santa Barbara to walk in his footsteps to learn more about uh, his life and character and then have that inspirational experience matched with the opportunity to hear from great conservative leaders that, uh, sadly, they shouldn't have to travel to Santa Barbara to hear from, but just don't have access to anywhere else. And we have found that to be a powerful, powerful combination. The compelling ideas and speakers match with the example of, of Ronald Reagan.
0: Therefore, what? Well, as we uh, get to the close here, uh, we always end our program with the, the therefore, what? Question uh, and uh, it really is the, the the where do we go from here moment uh, and I'm going to let you be the the final answer on therefore what what do what should people take away after listening to us for the last 25 minutes uh, what do you hope they think different what do you hope they do different uh, and as you're thinking of your therefore what uh, uh, to me one of the most poignant moments uh, for Reagan was his 1980 uh, convention address you know this was long before Morning in America and a lot of the positive feelings and you know here he was in a in a jam-packed stadium uh, and as he got to the close of of that speech really the speech of his life to that point and he could have thrown out any red meat political line in the book and the place would have gone crazy uh, but he didn't he he stopped and it w- it was almost as if you could see him uh, at the ranch And he invited all of those who were watching on television and those that were in that arena, that as we begin this journey together, we can't do this alone. Would you join me in a moment of silent prayer? And so rather than ending with a red meat applause line, he ended with silence. Uh, and I thought that was just extraordinary. And I think he, he got that stillness, that silence, uh, from the ranch. And so that's, that's one of my therefore what's is, as I think about the Reagan legacy is that you don't always need the bombast. You don't always need the, the hyper rhetoric, sometimes a, a little bit of stillness, uh, in a very turning world as, uh, Reagan would say, uh, really can be the, be the answer and the solution. I I
1: that's powerful. I, I think that's that's really well said and, and that that really does capture um the appeal of the ranch to Ronald Reagan and I think the continued appeal of the ranch today. I I'd, I'd leave you with, with a couple more things um one, uh, I was just reflecting on this with a with a friend uh, earlier today. Um, but th- th- think back to that incred- incredibly powerful uh, moment uh, during the Reagan funeral service, memorial service at the National Cathedral, uh, when uh, Margaret Thatcher's uh, pre-taped address is played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many great reflections surrounding the, uh, his memorials. But uh, for me, that was the high point of the week. And uh, every every word she uttered was powerful. What really sticks with me is when she's talking about uh, the great loss to the country and the world uh, as, as Ronald Reagan is leaving the seed. Uh, but you remind us that we have something that Ronald Reagan didn't. We have his example. And I think um, that is incredibly important. We We, it, it, we, we look around and... It's easy to, to tear people down from high places, but I think it is very important to recognize uh, who our heroes are, uh, who is worth emulating, and to ensure that uh, future generations are exposed to and learn the same uh, principles. Uh, and uh, that leads me to the second thing I would say. I, I've mentioned that um, it is not necessarily the easiest thing. Uh, to do to to get to the ranch, but there are opportunities to visit, especially for any young people listening, especially if you have a young person in your life. If you care about instilling these values uh, in uh, a high school student um, who I would say, uh, no matter what kind of family they come from, is in desperate need of uh, having these ideas and values reinforced, go to yf.org, look at the... um, Line up for our upcoming programs uh, anywhere in the country, but uh, particularly the high school conferences uh, at the ranch and uh, look for an opportunity to send that young person uh, through uh, one of these uh, programs. Uh, they they are life-changing experiences. They form bonds with other students who care about the same ideas that uh, last a lifetime. Uh, they're emboldened. They realize that there are incredible resources available to them so they can bring these ideas back to their own campus, campus, uh, campuses. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they they learn from the example of Ronald
0: Reagan. Fantastic. Wonderful. Andrew Coffin, thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, after the story is told, after the principle is presented, after the discussion and debate have been had, the question for all of us is... Therefore, what? Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening today. And be sure to rate this episode and leave us a review. Follow us on DeseretNews.com TW and subscribe to our newsletter. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News. Thanks for engaging with us on Therefore, what?